0: Oh,
1: what'd what do you think? Wait, what's the, well, consent, what's the consensus like, on that? I feel like nigga is a word between. I don't even think Africans should really be saying. Like, if an African call me my nigga, I'm like, what mm, are you it's a, it's, a black thing? Like, like it's a black American it's thing? It's a black like American
0: thing. It's
1: a black American thing. From African slaves. Like, I get it. Now,
0: maybe, like, okay, boom, because it was the African slave trade going on. It was, like, also in Haiti, and it was in a couple <sighs> of islands. So they can say it too, because we all are part of that thing. So, I feel like nigga is the word representative. So Haiti so, so so Haiti and Dominican Republic are the same island. It's the island of Hispania, but it's cut in half. So it's a border on the island, and the smaller half of the island is Haiti, and the other half of the island is Dominican. But you would never know the difference if you've seen them. Like, my cousin look like J. Cole. He got dreads. And it's tall with tattoos and look like J. Cole. But then when he start talking, you'd be like, Oh yeah, you're not from here. Because of his accent. So there's some like there's people that you'll see and you'll be like, that's a black dude. And then when he start talking, you like, that's not a black dude. I don't know what. Like, so it's I that's why I'm trying to tell you, like, going up north to like New York and stuff like that, it's so normal. Like with my friends, because they all live in the same hoods. That's why if you think about Jay-Z, his best friend, Tata Dominican. ASAP Ferg always talking about Dominicans. Uh, like, there's a lot of ASAP Rocky. There's a lot of rappers that mention Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, like Fat Joe and Big Pun. But that's because it's like it's all intertwined in the same. But in Middle America, there's no Dominicans or Puerto Ricans. There's only Mexicans. So that's why when you are Hispanic and you say it, and they, they put know you they are. put
1: everybody in that Spanish. Yeah, hell yeah, they think you're Mexican.
0: And then you be like, uh, Nah, bro, I'm Dominican. And they don't even a lot of them don't even know what Dominicans is. I met a kid when I went to college that was like, I met a kid when I went to college, and he was from Idaho or some state like that. He played baseball. And I was like, yeah. He's like, what you mixed with? That's some Puerto Rican Dominican. He's like, I thought you was Hawaiian, bro. I was like,
1: oh, some sumo shit. (laughs)
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was small at that time, too, but I had like, my hair was a little longer. I was like, Hawaiian, for real? And he was like, yeah. And then he was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what. A Dominican is. She's like, I've heard of Puerto Ricans, but I don't know what a Dominican is. I was like, for real? And it's so common. You know what I'm saying? To us, it's so common, but to them, they was like, yeah, we know Mexicans, like whites, blacks. In the subgroups, identify the minorities between their subgroups more heavily than people without, outside of the subgroups. Because so like white yeah. people might look at black people, them as black people like but we looking
1: at it like no, nah, that nigga Dominican, he African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, he Jamaican. Yeah. But we we like do the distinguishes. But and Africans like, get but mad. Africans get mad when oh, you they call them black.
1: Oh, oh yeah, they, don't, they they don't want to be black American. Oh, like no, nah, we we African, they get bro. they so
0: mad, yeah. bro. I learned that when I went to Philly. I learned, like I went to college in Philly, like right outside of Philly, but I used to go to Philly with my my roommate. And he was he's he was from Africa, and He was like, "Bro, whatever you do, don't say nigga to any African dude that I talk to, because they <laughs> literally will get it's offensive to them. Like they get mad. And I'm like, why? They're black in America. They're that like they're gonna be black American. Like there's nothing. nothing. No, they're like, bro, no, they're African, bro. They're from African, they're African. Uh, and they'll tell you in a heartbeat, I'm African.
1: And that go that go back to like we were saying earlier, just like being an immigrant, it's like yeah. a certain thing that all immigrants have like a certain vibe like no matter where mm-hmm. you're from, like if you weren't born here or you or even if your parents are born somewhere else, you're a first like descendant or third generation, center, first generation yeah, yeah. like you got a kind of different outlook on the world sure. what's some like uh yeah what's some just like big things and like just being dominican that that's part of your culture like
0: uh I guess
1: in puerto Rican you got
0: yeah you yeah I mean food. That's for both of them, for both sides. Like, food's a big thing. That's what Dominicans literally are like. I ain't going to say we known for, but a lot of rappers, that's what they talk about. Because, you know, like the little guys and stuff like that in New York, it's typically a Dominican or a Puerto Rican dude. It's funny because up here we got 7-Elevens and it's always an Indian dude, like always. But in in like upper, like Philly up there, it's always a Dominican dude, Puerto Rican dude. So it's like the food um, is, is is part of the culture. And then, of course, the women. Like, that's another part that's just like... Stands out. Um, Outside of that, I mean, it just, it depends on what part from where you're from. Like, what part of, different parts of the island on both sides are known for different things. Um, Do people cross over a lot? Like, go between... Like, in the Dominican Republic? Yeah, like to Haiti and shit like that? S- n- I, sometimes the people from Haiti or like, is it, is it a strict border? Like no, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a super strict border and they kind of don't like each other for real. Okay. Like, Haitians and Dominicans really don't get along, like, on the island itself, so yeah, like, there's people who do cross over, but it's not, they're two different, they're still two different countries, so to speak, like, so you know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. two different parts, so it's, it's there is tension. There is ten. It's always been like that though, forever. But, you know.
1: It's just all like, you know, we all got our fucking own identities. Everybody wanna everybody wants their culture Mm -hmm. to be identified, to be respected. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. And now and, and uh and now it's like uh the identities have become even more than like where you're from or like what your religion is. Now it's like we all we find these different identities or like Um, With maybe like What your passions is I'm like I'm a a basketball player I'm an artist Or like With your Now we got With gender roles Like It's like I feel like It's like That's kind of What I don't like I feel like We're creating So many different Labels for ourselves And like And that's kind of Like dividing us No no It is At the end of the day You know what I'm saying A hundred
0: hundred percent And I feel like That's like That's one thing That going into Artistry that I was like Trying to get away from Cause it's different things I grew up in a very like split household and what i mean by that is like my dad was on the right side of the law making sure you abide you're a citizen you abide by by the laws like don't do nothing crazy like if someone hits you defend yourself back but don't go looking for trouble then my brother on the other hand was like in the streets you know what i'm saying he did everything in the streets so it's like he lived by a different code you And old, like, he's older than you yeah, we're 10 years apart. So me seeing how my brother was moving, but then how my dad was moving, because we're 10 years apart, you figure when I was eight, he was 18. It was it was different, you know, seeing those two different sides and then going to New York. Living in Virginia where it's like, you know how it is. It's suburb. It's like a suburb, but it's a hood everywhere, but it's suburb. But then yeah. going to New York, it's like hood hoods. Like when my grandma lived, it was 30 people in front of the building. So wait, you were born here though? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It was 30, it's, But I went to New York like every summer. So it'd be like 30 people in front of the building and you got to walk through all that hallway smell like piss, elevator don't work. Like seeing that, I'm like, ah, nah, this is a hood. Like this is a real, you know what I'm saying? Like seeing crackheads walk around, talking to you, like trying to ask you for a dollar, all crazy, smelling all weird. Like I've seen two different sides. So growing up, I like, that's why I sided with Pharrell. It was weird because like I wasn't, I was into like the ice creams and the skating, but I also hooped and I also was like Part of a different crowd You know what I'm saying But that that I was A walking uh, How do I explain it Like I was one of the persons That was walking as I don't want to be labeled Because I'm not a skater I'm not, the, I'm not yeah. like the skater kids And I'm in the streets all day But I'm not necessarily A hood dude either Because I go there And I hoop And I play around But like When it came to like Hand to hand And transactions And all of that stuff I'm like I was out of that Growing up Back like in high school It was like I was around it But I won't of it so that was one of the things that kind of struggled, because when I would go from place to place or school to school, people would be like, oh, you dress you dress like a white boy. You know what I'm saying? But you don't talk like a white boy. So it kind of always was like, it's weird, because you, you talk like you from the hood, but then you you dress like a white boy, and it was just like, why can't I just be myself, though? Like It's mm. not even about dressing one way or talking one way. Why can't I just be me? Which is kind of like how people are today. People dress how they dress and talk the way that they talk. And it's like, you'll see it. It's more common. But back then, I can always see, like, everyone just wants to put a label on you. And it's weird. I think it's a, people do it to feel comfortable. Uh, you know? Like, it's like trying a new food that you've never tried before. Like, say, uh, I don't know if you ever ate it, but say like you ate, like, turtle or tortoise or something like that. I never ate it. Me neither. Like- <laughs> Me neither. But, you know, people be like, yo, what's it taste like? And then he'd be like, ah, I mean, it tastes like tortoise. You know what I'm saying? But uh, people would be like, ah, it's kind of like, uh, it's like chicken, but the texture is like, you know, kind of like beef. And it's like you, you want to label it so you kind of know instead of uh, just being like, bro, just try it yourself.
1: I was well, people talk about meat too. Side note, like, honestly, what meat really tastes good without the seasoning? It's all in the exactly. It's all in the seasoning. That's a fact. But I, I, I don't fact. think I'm trying all that. Like all those different fucking seafoods and shit. You, oh yeah, no, you want no. seafood?
0: Nah, uh, I'm dead on that. I'm
1: but even like, that. yeah, but just like. Yeah, it's like being yourself. I feel like even now, it's like, I feel like it's almost become a fad to like, like back in the day, like the people you were talking about, Like I feel like I was one of those people too. Like I didn't, I felt like I was multiple things. Right. I never wanted it to be like one thing. So it's right. like, and then now it's like, I don't know. It's almost like it's a trend to be like weird. Or it's right. like, a, it's, it's like exactly. it's like people like, it's like trendy to do the opposite shit. It's like, but we not really do like doing shit for trends. I don't know. I don't no,
0: know, it's, don't know. it's like, no, a hundred percent. You're not doing it for the trends, but it's like, you like it. Friends like you got gauges in your ear. I had gauges too. I went all the way up to like double zero, and yeah. then I took them out. But I had gauges in my ear early, and people was like, "People don't really like who hang around the people you do. They don't have gauges." And then like T Pain came out, well, he and got gauges. T Pain right? had gauges yeah. that were diamond and everything. Then I, it started I, to I be... Used to have them yeah, and then everybody just started to like it was just a trend. So then everybody uh, yeah. was like, "It." Same thing with like skinny jeans and colored skinny jeans. Because I never was the dude that dressed too. Big. I was already big, so I ain't like wearing. Like younger, I didn't like wearing bigger clothes because I didn't get small until I was in college and then I'm getting big again. So that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I got like a stomach disorder. It's a whole nother conversation. But it's like, I never really liked dressing like that anyway, because I liked the Kanye's and the Pharrell's and people like that. They weren't dressing like that. Um,
1: And just being a kid, bro, like figuring out who the 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 fuck you are. But
0: there was a lot of people that used to clown me for that and be like, ah, what are you wearing? It's like... Bro, these five hundred one Levi like to fits, bro. Like this, this is this is fire. Nah, you went nah. And then like literally one summer would pass, and you would come to school the next year, and everybody would be wearing it. Yeah. And then you'll be on. I'll be on to something different already. And people will be like, I'm like, yo, what's last year. You was clowning me for these jeans, talking about they too tight and they too this. And now everybody got them on. Oh yeah, you know, bro. Yeah. I'm like nah, bro. Like y'all waited for the coach to tell you it was cool. Just be yourself, like. There's no stamps you can put on that.
1: Yeah. So so you said um you're going in New York in the summer. You said your grandma was out there?
0: Yeah, they still out there. All okay. my people. I'm the only my mom and my dad and my brother are the only people in Virginia. Really? All my family's in New York.
1: So what about like, did you start making music over here or over there?
0: Nah, I started making music over here. So my brother used to freestyle. Okay. He used to like rap battle people. Yeah. And um when he was like 1920, he was in it to where like he was rap battling people that were like signed to like Rockefeller and stuff and like really making yeah. his, he was making music too making his ways but he was still in the streets so it's like the street battle versus rap and you know at the end of the day the streets ended up the streets ended up getting the best um you know the, the better of him at, at that moment in time and he chose to stay in the streets but we were always rap he would always rap to me. And it'd be like, you know, when you're a little kid and people start rapping to you, it's like, you giggling and it's funny, but it's like embarrassed. you kind of like, ah, stop, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? But then the older I got, the more like, I'm like, yo, rap, like rap, rap, you know, 12, or 13, 14. Next thing you know, I was like 13 or 14 and me and him was like actually rapping. Like just going back and forth. Just rapping all the time. And then I started writing and um, I, would, the, the, I would go to school. I always felt like I was going to hoop. Like, I was going to go to the league. I don't know. You know, everybody has that. I'm going to the league, bro. So, like, I really would do rap on the side, but I used to just write raps and then go to school and then, like, battle people in the hallways or, like, just say raps back or, like, freestyle. And everyone was like, bro, you nice. Like, you really got the gift of gab.
1: It's like, middle school or high school? This is,
0: like, middle school at the lunch table. You know, everybody doing the grind and beat rapping at the lunch table. So, like, from the lunch table to high school. And even in high school, it was like a, a, a like a daily thing. Every single morning, we'd meet up in the halls, and they'd be like, "What, what you got for us today?" I'm like, "Bet, let's go," and I just start rapping. And then, but it was never a thing where I felt like I wanted to make music until my eleventh grade year. I transferred schools, and when I transferred schools, I had got cut from the basketball team. And Man. when I had got, it pissed me off because I had played at the other two schools I went to. I played. So this coach, it was like, bro, he hustling, he's good. He play air, You AAU and everybody. Like, why did I cut him? And then he was like, Well, we cut him because he ain't come to the summer workouts. And I'm like, I was at a different school. What you want me to do? What and high the, school did you go to? I went. To, so I went to I went to Denby Baptist, my my senior, my freshman year. Then I went to Woodside, and I went to Minsville. Okay, but reverse that. I went to Minsville first, then I went to Woodside. Hold
1: on, is Denby Baptist different than Denby High School? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: it's a private school. So I went there yeah. like strictly just to hoop because that's where all okay. the looks were coming from. So it was like, bro, if I can get into there, if I can get in there. So you were
1: serious because you went to a whole different school to fucking bro, try was, to pursue yes, it. Yes, I was yeah. like
0: jumping schools strictly just to play basketball. Then I ended up going like I went and played college basketball. Like I said, when I was, that was when I was in Pennsylvania and it just didn't work out for me. I tore my ACL. It was, you know what I'm Man. saying? It was bad. But my junior year, I ended up getting cut and I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't like basketball as much as I think I do. Um, so that's the year where I was like, maybe I should start rapping. And that was the first year that I had a homie, um, that rapped to this day. Um, uh, my homie, uh, DJ, he, uh, his dad, uh, shout out to Jay Manson, by the way. He, uh, his dad ended up was like, yo, come, you know, we'll record. And like, I had like a little, a little demo I had made. First song I made was called Rockstar Life. And that was the real first, um, uh, the first wave of when rock music and rap music was like, like getting they were morphing together. I forgot what was the. it was one song. Was
1: it around the time when Linkin Park and Jay Z did that? Nah, it was. Album? It was
0: no. Nah, it was way after that. It's well, that like was actually
1: like 06, I think. Yeah, this yeah. was
0: like when trap music and rap music were like starting to form, and there was a. I can't even. It was a group from Atlanta that had a big song that had a. Uh, Party like a rock star. That's oh yeah, party, party like a rock. Yeah. yeah, so it was around Definitely that hit. time. So I was like, "Man, I'm about to ride this wave." Like it's whatever. Like, wait, I'm, so wait,
1: in your idea, in your mind, that was trap music. Wait, what you that say was, that was? I,
0: that was trap music and rock music together. That was okay. what I took it as. I guess it was it. Yeah, because much, it was heavy eight oh eights and guitars. I don't think the now it wouldn't fit the criteria of trap music because of the content. Yeah. But back then it was like commercial Commercial trap You know what I'm saying I get it So uh, I had made something there And I had made I had made that song And I ended up That's when I was going by No Name Before I was Who I was No Name And I ended up giving CDs out to everybody You went like, for No Names like, of Who? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'll tell you that. So like, I ended up like passing the CDs out. They ended up playing at Woodside. They played the music every morning. They would play their music on the uh, the little announcements on the TV, and they ended up playing it one day. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, you lit!" Like it's up, and then nothing happened. Like I made that one song, and after that, nothing happened. Like, and I was just like, "All right, bet I'm gonna go back to hooping again." And I I went and played, like I said, my senior year, and I ended up going to college. And then when I was in college, I was like. Man, like, what if this don't work out? Like, so You only
1: made that one song and just put it back down? I only made
0: that one song, bro. That was it. Yeah. So then I was like, what, you know, when I was in college, bro, I was like, what am I doing? Like, what, what, what can I do to pass time? Because, you know, basketball was like, it was cool, but then I like, it's that thing like when you finally get out of your city and you think you hot. And then you realize, like, you meet somebody that's, like, crazy. So we had a team, a dude that was on my team that was getting scouted by the 76ers named Latrell Alford. And this dude was, like, six foot four, 48-inch vertical. I'm talking about, like, he could, he could put the ball on the floor in front of the hoop and jump off vert and windmill and dunk. I had never yeah. seen nothing like that, bro. I'm like... And he was, like, not even... He was getting scouted by the 76ers, but he was still like the cross between NBA and like overseas talent, which is he ended up going overseas, but he was a super senior too. He was like 23 and I was like 18. So I'm like, bro, what? Like I got to compete with dudes like this? Like maybe- Uh Maybe I'm not going to make it to the league, bro. You was so,
1: used to the competition at your high school and shit. Right, and uh, like around
0: the local area, like people you know. But it's like hooping with people you know over and over again. You start to learn their tricks. You start to know what they're doing. Not everyone takes it 100%. It's not the same as meeting somebody that you have no idea who they are. And these everybody on that team was like all Americans in high school, except for me. They were all just like, it was a Christian college, so they were all basically just like, for lack of a better word, like like knuckleheads that had low GPAs, but they hooped. So that, that, they were trying they to were get their to, second... Yeah. yeah, they were just trying to get their second chance. Like, that's pretty much what that was. So I was just like, yeah, nah, maybe this not going to be it for me. So I'm like, I need to do something. So we had a studio in my school. So I was like, maybe I should go and, like, mess around with the studio. So I started, like, hanging around with the kids that were making music. And I was, like, started recording again. And at this time, it was a Christian school. So everybody was making, like, Christian rap. So I'm like, all right, let me make some Christian rap. Like, I'm about to get on the wave. Yeah. Like, I'm about to do this. So... It was cool, but then I was like, you know what? It that's, was a good, that's a good way
1: to hop on, though. No, nah, yeah. it was. So yeah. it, was, it
0: was a one dude that was in there that was like, he was he could make beats, and he was okay, but he wasn't like, he wasn't nowhere near as good as he thought he was. Like, he was cool. He was decent, but like, he was the only one with beats. So he had this cocky, like, like guy complex, like, you know, I'm giving y'all the beats and blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, bro, like, respectfully, your beat's not even all that crazy, like... Let me relax, cause I know you didn't know about you, like
1: YouTube beats and shit none, like that at the time. none
0: of that. Yeah, none of that at the time. So I was like, let me not take it where I want to take it, because my mind was still like, I'm in Newport News, so I'm like, we could fight right now. But I'm in college, so I'm like, I can't do that. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna learn how to make beats myself. Okay. So. The first thing I did was like I was looking up equipment and what I needed and it was a machine. Like it's called Native Instruments makes this beat pad called a machine. And I used to see like no ID and people like that cook up on it. I'm like, I want that. I looked it up and it was like three bands. And I'm like, nah, bro, that's not it. Like, I can't get that. So I do research and I find out, oh, they they offer a version of it on the iPad and on the phone that's $4.99. And then you just gotta pay for the packs. So I'm like. I could do that I could do $5 So I ended up buying it And I just end up like Teaching myself How to produce From like That was like eighteen, nineteen.
1: Like What year was this?
0: This was 2011 see where Like technology was at 11? This was 2011 okay. Yeah So all I was doing Was like Making beats Every day Going to sleep Going to play basketball Going to eat And then coming back Like I really wasn't I was working out Making beats Going to hoop That's it I didn't do nothing else And When the year was over, I was like, "Man, I'm not going back." Like, I really want to do music, so I ended up staying here. And the only way I can do it was my dad was like, "You got to transfer to another college." And I'm like, "I ain't even trying to go to school." I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, it wasn't for me. So I'm like, "All right." I mean, I'm not trying to go to like ODU or Thomas. No, I'm not trying to go to like be on campus. So my dad was like, "Well, you can go to Saint Leo University on base because he worked for the 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 government." He was like. I went there, so it grandfathers into you going there. So I'm like, cool. So like
1: no ball, just just to go there.
0: Yeah, no ball. It was just literally just like a satellite campus, and it was accelerated. So you would do like instead of taking like, you know, twelve to eighteen credits, you would just take like like I think it was like eight credits or ten credits, but it would be like in like four week increments, four to eight week increments. So it would like really really quick. Like, it was an accelerated program to where, like, you can get your associate's degree in, like... Or, I mean, your bachelor's degree in, like, two and a half years instead of doing... What would you have went
1: for, though? What would you have, like, went for? Like, what major?
0: Well, I just went for liberal. I went for... like I did my liberal arts because I already had did all my uh, first electives from my degree, which was digital media at the time. We we'll how to do Photoshop, things like that. I did all those classes the first year when I went to, school, when I went to college. Because yeah. I went to that private school. And the private school, I was taking college level classes my senior year. So okay. a lot of the credits I already had. So the only thing they made me take was like, English, like second-level English, which was like Shakespeare books, and it was it was trash. But yeah. like Shakespeare books and stuff like that, but I didn't have to take no math or none of that, no science, any of that. It was just literally just my electives for, for that. So when I came back, I just took liberal arts, which was just like the remaining science classes and stuff that I was going to have to take anyway the following year. Um, so I ended up doing that, but like, honestly, I really wasn't like even going to school or studying for real. Like I was just enrolled, like... Did I, you, wasn't do, I wasn't. I You finished your
1: four years old or what?
0: I did. I got my associate's degree and like okay. I'm like four credits away from my bachelor's. Yeah.
1: But you I, said you had a, You said you had an injury too. Where was that? Before you left. That in the was first before year? I left. Okay. I tore
0: my ACL. Okay. Yeah. I tore my ACL. So I ended up getting surgery on that. So, um, so I ended up coming back, going to school, and I was like, that's not what I want to do, bro. So I ended up. I remember the moment that I made up my mind. It was uh Tyler the Creator came to the Norva. And he did a show for, right before he dropped the Wolf album. Okay, Like it was yeah. like right before Wolf came out. Like it was it was about to come out, but he played some songs off of it. Um, and I went with, with my, my girlfriend at the time and I went there. And when I walked in, just the atmosphere, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like everything about this is fire. Like this is what I want to do. So after that, I just started like. You know, booking myself for studios, and I produced my own beats, and, you know, it was tri- a bunch of trials and tribulations in between, but ever since then, it was just like, i just been moving. So I was like 20, 20, like, I was like 19, i say like 21, when I started doing studios and stuff like that, it was like 21.
1: Was it, um, was it in your head, like, kind of just like how you saw your brother not focus on it 100% and it like slipped away? Where is... Is that part of like what made you go harder? No, like- it,
0: it didn't, cause what ended up happening was, like everybody else, when I was 1920 and I came back to the city, I started just hanging around other people. So like, um, as far as like people who were like in the streets, people who were like getting into stuff and like, you know, like I would hang out with my hooping crowd and I would hoop and then I hang out with the dudes and like, you know, whatever hood we was posted in at, at the time. There was a bunch of them that we would go to, like in between, like the up Denby area, like courthouse, um in the Woodview that's no longer, you know, Woodviews, like Patriots Landing or something like that. Like Woodview, um, you know, all that that area. Like I would be up there, then I would go downtown and I would hang out at like Doris Miller. I'd hoop at Doris Miller. Then my, my homies would stay right 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 down um right down the way in some Park. So I would go over there and I'd hang out. So like I was just all over the place and it was like at that time I can see how my brother like fell back into it but at this time my brother was like in and out of jail so he was not trying to hear none of that he's like bro you need to stay focused like mm. you need to have your head on your shoulders <laughs> like as far as like what you want to do and i was like you know what let me go ahead and just focus up and i need to find me a good job so i can pay for for the studio that was like my first mindset was like i can't hustle i'm not going to go out here and sell drugs cuz that wasn't even a, that wasn't even something i wanted to do like i wasn't even a, like i never was like Attracted to that in the sense of like, I'm gonna be a dope man. Like, nah, bro. I know how the story ends. So, like, I, like, I didn't wanna do that. You know what I'm saying? Not, and not to mention, like, my aunt, you know, one of my aunts, she used to do that in New York. And she was like, you don't, you don't wanna do that. Like, it's not, it don't end good. It don't end good for you. Like, you don't wanna do that. So, listening to everybody around me, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, what, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm gonna get a job. And I ended up um, just drop, jumping from like call center to call center. You know, that's, like, the first day. Yeah, you I've get had a when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just jumping from call center to call center. I'm just, like, bs in the call center. Like, I got the gift of gab and I could talk to people. So I'm just talking, like, people through their bills. Like, just normal. Like, I could do this with my eyes closed, bro. Collecting my check, going to the studio and spending it. Collecting my check, going to the studio and And rapping on
1: your own beats at the time? Rapping or? on
0: my own beats. Like, rapping on, um, you know, rapping on all my own beats. Um, and, uh... It was like, I ended up working my way into working at Verizon, and I was working at Verizon Fios, and that was like, bread. Like Their was, call center? Yeah, yeah, it was bread, bro. I got, was, I
1: got Fios now. Yeah.
0: yeah, that bro, bread. I was talking, I'm like 1100 a week type bread. I was like, every Friday I was getting paid. That's fire. I said, bro, I'm rich. That's what I told myself. So, I'm, I'm yeah. rich. So... I ended up doing something dumb. I went and cashed out on a uh, on a new car. I had a, a 2016, This was a twenty sixteen. I had a twenty sixteen Mustang um, in orange. That was my baby. I ended up trading her in though for the. I got a Camaro now, uh, the twenty nineteen Camaro. But like, that was just one of them days. Like when you first start getting money, you just start running around doing stupid stuff. But in between there though, I did find a plug from my engineer who mixes my stuff now. And he was working at Timberland Studio, which is now the VA Recording Arts or whatever it's called in Virginia Beach.
1: I feel like I might've heard of that,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's it's an open studio everyone can go to. But at that time it was Thomas Crown and no one can go there. It was literally me and Young Crazy were the only people that were up there. Larry Live had hooked me up and um, I was paying $600 a studio session and I was doing like two a week or two a week or I do one one week and then three the next week. It. I was just spending that like money. I ended up like recording a whole album, and that was underneath No Name.
1: And that's um, thank you, Come Again, right?
0: Nah, that's not. That's like before that.
1: Oh, before that, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, I was before that. That was when I was still No Name. That was like 2016, 2000, and eh, 2016. I think it was like 15 and the 16. Like, around that time. It might have even been before that. It was a little bit before. It was before I got that Mustang. I know that for sure.
1: What was that project called? And that
0: was, that was uh, it was called uh, Title Unknown. Okay. And my name was No Name. And uh, we shot videos for it and everything. And then, like, so No Name ended up getting taken by No Name Gypsy, who rapped with Chance the Rapper. She was on the acid rap tape. And I was like, all right, she's no-name Gypsy. I'm no-name. We can still do it. Then she ended up dropping the Gypsy from her name and ended up just being no-name. And she already has a platform. She, uh, she's stuck right? I do not remember her. i tell you, like, the one thing she got famous for, which was like, she was already famous, but she got famous famous when she came at J. Cole on on Twitter about reading books. (laughs) And they had that big back and forth. That's what people, a lot of people know her for. I feel like I would would remember that. I don't know. Um... That inspired a whole books. song that he put out about it when he was talking. What do you mean, like,
1: her. what was she trying to say about reading books?
0: Uh, she was. It was something about uplifting the people. And J. Cole was like, "Bro, I really don't read books like that. Like, I'm not. <laughs> what? Like, I'm not. I'm not up to do." He was saying this like, "I'm not up on the history of like yeah. people and struggling. Like, I only know bits and pieces, and I don't really read a lot. So, you might be better at being an activist than me." Was pretty much what he was saying, but she was just like. Took offense to. So him, he was
1: you know? being honest. Yeah, yeah. He was being
0: real honest. I don't remember specifically, but I
1: remember in the moment when I was reading it. You thought J. Was J. Cole was like, wrong? I was on her side of it. Nah, yeah.
0: Much. I mean. <laughs> he low key, not. I hate using glass lights and stuff like weasel. But uh, he was low key trying to be like, he was low key trying to, he was talking to her in his response. He was low key like, You're being dramatic. Yeah, that's pretty much and what he did. Yeah. Was she being dramatic time, though? She was like, dramatic she just expressed her feelings on her platform which is a big platform yeah, yeah. and it was about like activism and things like that so yeah, that's so, what so
1: she came at j cole or he's he, i mean he yeah she, on i it? mean she definitely yeah. came at j cole because okay. j cole yeah. made
0: a song about it and she ended up responding i gotta listen to
1: the song yeah it was, it was okay. crazy
0: but um anyway that's beside the point
1: shout out the so, books man read books <laughs>
0: shout out books so we ended up after that we ended up um my, my homie aunt was like
1: you, you know, gotta change like, the name, bro. Like, yeah,
0: we gotta change the name, bro. But I don't know what I want to be because like my name is whack. It's Robert. Anybody want to rob? It's like, already a black rob. Like, I feel like man, somebody came
1: out, Lil Robert. He pop.
0: Maybe, bro. Okay. I mean, <laughs> <don't> you maybe. <laughs> so then I was like, he was like, you should just be who, and I'm like, who? He was like, who? And I'm like, who? I keep, we keep going back. And he's like, exactly who? W h o question mark? And I'm like, that's hard. And he was like. It still goes with the whole thing of like no name and not having like, you know, like the whole thing about no name was like, I wanted it to just my talent to speak for me and not my name. So, you know, like a lot of things you'll wear, like people even will wear If it has a Nike logo on it, people will be like, this is justifiably better than this one product because it has a Nike check and this product has something I don't know. So I was like, I don't want to be like that. I just want to be something that people are like. They hear me and they're like, this is hard, but it's not boxed into like, oh, no name only does this or he only does that. So, with who, it's the same way. I think I played you a couple of records walking in. They were all different records. They're all different vibes of records. And that's kind of like how I've always been. So, some days where I might come in and I might wanna make some street stuff. I might wanna make some stuff for the ladies. I might wanna make some Christian stuff. Just depends on my mood. Just depends on, because I'm, I'm a human. So it's like you, 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 there might be some days you want to BS, you outside and you like, bro, first person that talked to me, I'm snapping on. Then there's other days where you just extra polite, and people might say something to you, you be like, you know what, I ain't even worried about it. Then there's others day where you might just be extremely grateful, and you're like, everything is just like grace and grateful. Like I'm, I'm thank I'm thankful you're my friend. I'm thankful for this, and I'm thankful for that because you realize you had a realization that you know this, not none of this is promised. So as an artist, I wanted to be that same way, but I needed a moniker that's going to be like, you know, this will fit. Because there's certain people, I think Ye kind of is like breaking that barrier, but there's certain people is like, uh, they have a already a reputation for what they're known for. So we'll take like Lil Dirk, for instance. Lil Dirk already has something attached to his name where you're like, I kind of know what music I'm going to get from Lil Durk. Little Dirk come on a song and start preaching to you, you're gonna be like,
1: It's hard to tra- like, you think it boxes up. Yeah, in?
0: yeah, g- exactly. It's boxing because you like, even if it's hard, you're gonna be like, Nah, because yeah. that's not what you want to hear because from little Dirk, you're already expecting little dirt things. You get what I'm saying? No, I'm so I, I was like, I don't want to be like that. So he was like, You should be who, because that also translates. And then when you tell people your name, which happens all the time, they say it back, but they always say it wrong. So I'm like, Yes, yeah, who? They like juice? I'm like, Who? Who? who, who, I'm like, who, W-H-O question mark, they be like, oh, who, so then they remember me, so it was like, it worked for those two, like, those two situations, so we checked that off the box, and I was like, bro, I was like, you know, I've been, like, real convicted listening to my music lately, like, I got all this cussing in it, and, like, all this wild stuff, and it's like, it's not really a representation of me, like, of who I am at heart, and I was like, you know what, I don't even want to drop this album, and my friends like, bro, we don't. Sp- you didn't spend like ten thousand dollars, like legitimately, just recording it, then videos and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but it doesn't sit well with my spirit because if I was out and about, like when I was younger, I was super childish, like all the way up to like twenty, probably twenty twenty one. I was definitely the uh, the dick joke guy, the yeah. the the, you know do anything for attention because it's funny, say something outlandish just to see people's faces. Like I was like kind of like Tyler, the Creator. That was me. But as I was growing up, I'm like, I don't want to be that because a lot of times people are laughing at me and not laughing with me. And I didn't notice that until I was older. So I'm like, you know what? I'm about to make a change, bro. Like I'm really about to like tap in with my spiritual side. I'm about to tap in with just making sure that I can be a beacon of light for people. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop cussing. And it was like... To this day, I really don't cuss unless it's like I get real upset and then it's like. Oh, wait, you
1: don't cuss in your music? Nah. I Damn, I, I didn't even notice that. That's
0: what I'm saying. People uh, don't even notice it, though. That's fire, though.
1: You said what? Will
0: Smith did Nah, he didn't. He, he was cool, too, but he also didn't write his raps. But shout out to Will Smith. Though. Damn, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: You know, Get Jiggy When It Was
0: Written by Nas.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Also, yeah. on that note, this is fucking the latest intro of any episode. I forgot to do the intro. I didn't Welcome to the All For a Podcast, man. That was actually this is a good spot for the intro, because you kinda just introduce yourself really
0: gotcha, well?
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Man, I'm sitting here with who, recording artist from Newport News, Virginia, man. We appreciate uh, we appreciate you guys for tapping in. Um, yeah, man. Thank you. Uh we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. Um, so this is all leading up to your album. So I'm, I was checking like on your Spotify and shit. So you yeah. pretty much you have one project out. Yeah. Thank you, come again, which is kind of funny. We touched on uh, Indians being at Seven Elevens and shit earlier, yeah. and your album is called Thank You, Come Again. Thank you, come again. Yeah. Um, and then kind of, that was 2018, and then s- since then you've been just dropping like a bunch of singles. Um, yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. I was saying, like, hey, what's the idea behind so, that? So yeah. all right, so what ended up happening, right? So we fast forward. I get my life in order. I get everything in order. You know, I tap in with my publicist, um, Coach Q, Cornell Holder from Medium. Um, He used to be like, he was a tour manager for Designer. He helped Designer Blow, mentor Cordae, manager for Bia, manager for IDK.
1: I met Bia. I took a picture with her and fucking, yeah, she commented on it. Shout out to Bia. Bia,
0: hey, shout out to Bia, bro. She's always been a real one. Every time I talk to her, even after her glow up, she always like, makes time to like even respond to me like uh, even if i dm or something
1: yeah she's so, like my celebrity crush
0: now oh yeah be it man she's the one shout out to you be but um yeah he coached me through some stuff it was like bro you got all this content and you're good but you just need to break it up as far as kind of like this is before russ was doing the the one a week yeah. but it was more so of just like he was telling me even back then like you should just start releasing singles like once or twice a month, so people can start, you get a feel pool of what people want to hear. So after I did that tape, I did that tape with Alex Ginya um, and my man Aunt. And uh, after I did that, I was like, Let me go ahead and just start doing these singles because the tape is cool. But the same thing that Russ was saying, what you notice about a tape is people will listen to first like three or four songs, and that's like being gracious. It's really like the first two, but like three or four songs if they like you. But if the project is like seven songs, it'll take them a while to get to that seventh song just because people's attention span is so short.
1: But or it's like yeah, I'm about to cut you off too. It's like even like bigger people, like fucking like Donda. Like I've yeah. listened to the whole Donda straight through, but when I go back, I'm only probably listening to three or four songs exactly. every time. Exactly. So everybody finds them them the joints one, exactly. they like. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let me just do singles. So then it's kind of like if I do singles, it's gonna help push the momentum, and then people kind of get a taste of like this and that to kind of find out like, um, you know what it is that they like. Um, because you got to build up a demand for people to want an album from you, you get what I'm saying. So sure. I actually have an album that's completely done. It's been finished for a couple months now. Um, I've been shopping around to like different labels. There's different people that's tapped in with me. That's in the industry that's heard it, um, yeah, I like it. And it's it's a conceptual album, so it's kind of like a Kendrick, Kanye, J Cole ish type of thing where it tells a story, start to finish, and it's like 13 tracks. Um, I got a video for it. It's already finished. It's called This Is An Album. And it'll probably be out sometime, hopefully this year, but I'm still trying to work out the kinks of getting the right promotional push on it. Um, But in the meantime, it's funny that you bring up the Thank You Come Again because I actually have a sequel that no one knows about till now, obviously. That's called Thanks For Coming Back. Mm. And that's going to be coming out soon. Probably like another two months.
1: With the same... Um, I'm sorry, who are the two guys you made the first one with?
0: Alex Genia and Anthony Austin. Okay. Um, Same people on the second one No So Anthony Anthony is That's like my right hand man Alex Ginya is like um, He doesn't produce anymore He became an a engineer Like his father Serban And he's been doing like Nah, he just did like Nick Jonas and like Maroon Five. Like, he's out of here. Like, Is that the Ar- Ar- Armenian dude you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, okay. yeah. That's his son, Alex. And he's okay. been doing like he's he's doing big artists like Black Bear, like he's uh, mixing crazy records. Shout and, out to the Armenians in the yeah, game. I know exactly. I was out there like that. Shout out to Alex, but that's still my boy. Like we talk all the time. But nah, uh it's me and then I was was introduced um about two years ago, which helped me with majority of my album. A good friend of mine named Galen Smith. So it's it's me, Galen, um and, and on this on this one. And then I have some guest appearances on my album and on this tape from other producers that I like. Um, Andrew hypes the DJ, the one that that, that DJ's Andrew's on my album. Um, and I have a few other people um, that's on there. Yeah. So but yeah, this one's gonna be a little bit smaller. The last one was like seven tracks. This one's gonna be five. Okay. So trying to keep that tight until the until the, until the the project comes out of having a tight body of work for people to be like, it's easily digestible for you to listen yeah. to five songs. Bro, I, th-
1: I think the game is kind of getting back to that, bro. Like, you're talking about you want to drop. Like, you're dropping the conceptual joints, like, mm-hmm. thoughtful shit. Like, I feel like we're slowly getting back to that. We had to kind of, we went through the little era where people only really wanted to hear the strip club music mm-hmm. and shit like that. But I think, a matter of fact, I really think it was partly with the pandemic, too. Everybody was just in the crib, not really going to the club, not really... So you sit in the crib, you're going to be thinking you might want to listen to some different types of music. You like, don't
0: always want to be turned up. And I, I noticed uh, that too, is like the pandemic definitely played a role in that because the average person, if you think about it, they listen to music when they're at the gym, has to be high energy, for the most part. In the car? unless Yeah, unless you want to listen to like R&B when you work out. But Who's doing uh, that? There's they, that? They do lifting real slow. Yeah, like... exactly. Like that. <laughs> and then in the car... Which typically if you're on your way to work or you're coming back from work, you either want to unwind or you want to be turned. That's literally like you, people be drinking coffee in the morning, drinking bangs and energy drinks. You listening to hype stuff when you wake up because you want to get your day, you know what I'm saying? Good. Outside of that, if you think about like when we were in high school, iPods and things like that were a really big thing. People really don't listen. They don't digest music like they used to. But then when the pandemic came, everything slowed down and it forced people to listen to. Now they're going back to all these older projects or even stuff that they were supposed to listen to. I'ma listen to that, but never had time, end up going back and they realize like how important it is. And I think the newer artists that started to bubble and pop themselves, like Russ, like Toby, like um hell, even Lil Durk and Lil Durk and T Grizzly and all of those, the the Midwest rappers, like um, they all had something to say, so then you get people like Tyler that are gonna push to the forefront, Pusha T's having his crazy wave, um, like all the newer rappers that are starting to come out. Not even they're not even newer rappers; they're rappers that have been around, but now that content is getting. Uh, pushed. No, it's like, funny when
1: you see somebody that's like working, and then you see him like three, four years later. Right. Everybody talking about him. Exactly. Like, oh shit! Lil okay. Dirk
0: was hot when I was when I was uh, younger. Like. The first like this ain't what you want and all of that like he was hot then he kind of went away, but then he came back and he's having like a crazy run and I think that helps with like what helped I think was having the dynamic of bringing like Griselda and Freddie Gibbs and all of those type of rappers to the forefront because now you actually have a uh, it feels like rap again where everything is across the board it's not all the same like you were saying when yeah. we had that one era where like if you ain't had no eight hundred eight and no hi hat in your song, and you weren't Kanye. We're not listening to it. Yeah. And even Kanye had
1: <laughs> I don't know if it was. I don't know. I don't know if this is an actual like fear people have. But that boy, you know, um, top dog from TDA, yeah, TDA, He had posted a tweet the other day. It was something like, "If we're not careful, he was like some 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 is like is like I feel like we could lose rap."
0: No, he said it. Yeah, I, I was. Like, I seen it. Um, on my uh, Freddie Gibbs said the same thing. What do you, what you think they mean by that? You they think it's meet- actual fear? Like we're gonna. Yeah, so what they mean is the art of rapping as far as like, so when you break it down like back in the day, think about like a Jay-Z album for instance, there was party songs, that were like were like the hits and like the ones that they used the singles that they used to push the album, but in between you had what was called like album filler and all that album filler filler typically was like real life like things people were going to like song cry and, and yeah, thought provoking yeah thought provoking like stuff like that like that made you really think and what ended up happening was along the way. When people started to go into the trap phase and the phase of the internet and streaming like that, people only were looking to hit a cliche market every single time. And what happens is that cliche market ended up blowing up, which was you know what we call trap music today. So inside of that, a lot of those rappers that, that make that music, they don't write. They go into the studio and they do punches or they do freestyles. There's a lot of younger artists that I work with that are 20 and I'm like, I ain't seen you pick up a pen, your phone, like, oh, nah, I don't they be, write. They
1: be saying some heat, though. Yeah, yeah. some of them do, but yeah. they're
0: like, I don't write. So they just go in there, and it's like scattered thoughts that just come uh. out. And it's like, sometimes it's cool, but then it's like, you, you want to hear about stuff that you can relate to, because 90% of the people that's out here are not in the streets like they say they are. They're regular people. They're dealing with regular things, and it's not... If it's up, it's stuck. That's not how their life is all the time. They're not blowing money on designer bags. They're living vicariously through those people, but they still need something to feed them and feed their spirit and feed their soul. Something that they can that they can feel. You know what I'm saying? So that's why Top Dog is saying those type of things. Is like we don't have rappers that are actually. Spitting stuff that's like has some substance to it to make you really feel it, and all the ones that do are older, like Freddie Gibbs and Benny the Butcher. And they don't really cater to a crowd for someone who's 19 or 20, they don't know who Freddie Gibbs is at 20 years old, you know what I'm saying? Unless someone that's older than them. But then you think about like being around in the early 2000s and being like a 90s baby, even the 2000s baby, even someone who was born in 2000, there was like still content that they were around like biggie and Pac and Jay and all of those people that going into the area that it's in now of like um you know the more the more trappier music they still know what conscious rap and like storytelling and they still know what that is they still they, they still know what that's about so I think what he's saying is like we're going we'll, we'll lose that eventually if someone isn't upholding it if someone isn't the person that's like cause we know we're gonna get something conscious from Cole and Kendrick and Drake, but there's certain rappers that drop albums every two months. And it's not even albums. They literally just taking like fifteen singles and putting it on one playlist and saying, This is an album. Uh, and it's like it's not. It's just fifteen different songs.
1: It's like also like, yeah, like the the art of MCing. Yes. It's like maybe we forgot there's a difference between a fucking M C and a rapper. Somebody sure. who just like you know making songs, making hits, making like. Or I also I feel like it's a lot of people that are just making making shit that sounds literally exactly like something else, and that's and it's like strategic. It's like the Spotify playlist. Yeah. Like if you want to be on this playlist, you want to make shit that sounds like that. Mm-hmm. At it's the end of that, day, that's really like, it. like it's like kind of for the money. It's also like yeah, it might be a good song, but it's like we're hearing the same song over and over again. We want something different, and then also it's like. Being an MC is just like it goes past the music. It's like who you are, bro. It's like your fucking your your beliefs, your ideas. Like, I really fuck with like probably one, my, probably my favorite MC is KRS One. He just he just You see, just dropped a new album, or he's about to drop it. Mm-hmm. It's called um, I Am an MC R U One Two. Actually, that's what it's called. <laughs>
0: that's fire. Um, but yeah, bro. Like, that. just
1: I'm glad he's like you talk about like kind of like the older people still. Yeah, I'm glad we still have them at least the right now. Wave, so we have somebody a lot to of look, them look to. are catching yeah. second
0: waves like Nas. Caught his second wave. I think Nas is making the best music of his life. I don't care. Like Illmatic will forever be his best album, but like I think anything after Illmatic, you can't tell me that the stuff he's doing with Hit Boy right now is not the best stuff he's doing in his life. Like Jay, of course, is always on his like Jay push. Like all of those artists are are catching a second wave. But the reason why they're catching a second wave is because there's a a empty. It's still an empty market in what they're doing.
1: I think. I think also the the game is seeing that pretty much you can see the result of the type of music that's popping by how long people are listening to that music so right now a lot of hits are coming out a lot of you know a lot of people are doing a lot of numbers making a lot of money but nobody's listening to their music like a year later nope. to that song, or like <laughs> even don't even get me saying three, three to five years later. Like oh, so, no. we listen to songs yeah. from like twenty years ago. Why? Because because ultimately, when you make a, a creative song, an original song, you can't get that feeling anywhere else. Nope. So if you like that feeling, you got to go back there. Yep. Now we all and now everybody makes a song with the same feeling. You know right. what I'm saying? So it you saw, feel the same, listen to this, yeah. the whole
0: playlist. And it's not even... And I don't even think it's like actually even feeling. I think people is just like, I know this is what's, what, what people want to hear. Yeah. And a lot of times it's what they want to hear. And it's funny because I go in the studio and I'm like, yo, not... I don't... I don't try to go and do like the opposite of what everyone's doing because like I said I don't force it, but it's kind of just wherever I go. But a lot of times I'm like making stuff and people is like, "Bro, that's crazy how you bring the elements of what you like out of the music now, but you still keep the elements of what you like out of the other like older music you listen to and kind of morph it, but like you always rap and you always got something to say." And I'm like, "Yeah, because I feel like the vessel that's missing right now is having those rappers that actually stand for something that actually want to like get a message across and be be sometimes it's like just being the voice for people who can't speak and there's so many people who be like bro I'm going through a situation and that one song you made you know, such and such, that junk spoke exactly to what I was going to, like, to the T. Like, I almost feel like me and you are the same people. And it's like, that's what people need to hear and people like to hear. And it's not, I'm not knocking because there's stuff for everything. Like, if I go to a club, like, I'm not trying to hear no conscious stuff. Like, just, I want to hear what's rocking, you know what I'm saying? Because it's the time and the place. But to bombard yourself with that 24-7, I don't think that's okay. Because anything in in excess is bad for you. It's, It's like That's
1: like the junk food. Like we yeah. all go we gonna, eat, we gonna eat You know what I'm saying Fast food We gonna eat chips We gonna eat chocolate Every now and then But yeah. that can't be Your whole diet
0: Exactly You know what I'm saying it's, And any, anything will kill you In excess Even 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 things that are good for you If you have too much of it It'll kill you Even water for instance Oh yeah You drink too much water You could drown yourself I didn't know that I learned that when I was older I, I was think like, you
1: only need like like a little bit of water to drown, I think. I don't know the exact measurements, but it's like a little as, But
0: I was like, uh, bro, that's, you could drink like, too much water and drown yourself? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, that's crazy. But it's like even things that are good for you, too much of it. So it's like I feel like there just needs to be a balance. And that's what the older rappers or MCs, that's what they had that I feel like we're missing. Jay-Z yeah. had them club hits that was going six months to a year strong. Because it didn't sound like anything else that was on the album, but then he also had the stuff on the album that's like timeless to where like you remember when you heard it, what you felt like, what it felt like outside, where you was at, yeah. like it's a vivid it's, it, it vividly stamps that memory in your head yeah. and I feel like that's what we're missing, and it's a, and it's crazy too, because there's a lot of good music out here, even but like bigger artists that are like, like you said it's here and then gone.
1: Yeah, I gotta say, I I gotta say, I appreciate all of the OGs and hip hop that are actually giving a fuck about us and for about sure. the game because for they sure. they a lot of these guys their their fucking legacies are already set in stone. They're good. They don't gotta come out and try to help the younger generation. Like they don't have to be the like they're still setting the examples for us. So I gotta say, I appreciate that on that note. And um, the I was gonna say too the okay so the Who and Friends show yes. How did um how did that come about? You know what I'm saying. Um, you say you're throwing another one too. I don't know. If, have you announced that already? Yeah, I haven't announced it. Okay, man. Nah. He might not be throwing
0: another one. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We good. Yeah, we, t- I'm announcing announcements. It oh, yeah. It's mad announcements coming on this oh, on yeah. the show. Uh, who and homies came along, bro? Because I really wanted to throw a show for my birthday. Not not only be for my birthday, but because I wanted to do a sh- I wanted to do a show where like somebody cared. And it's no not to anyone that's out here, but I felt like it wasn't to the level of what a show should be. I feel like a lot of shows that, that especially in our area, the artistry part of the show is left out. And it's kind of just like, you either get a show with a bunch of artists booked where it's like too many, like 20 artists on one bill. And you're like, it's cool, but somebody's going to get missed. Or some or at a certain point, somebody that's pulling up is like, all right, cool. I don't know these people. And they're going to leave. You know what I'm saying? And then we have other shows where it's like a small intimate setting and there is a good artist on the bills, but then like the sound system may be wonky or they didn't promote the show right. Or, you know, maybe they didn't even do a show set for what they were doing. They were just rapping over their their songs. So I'm like, I'm, I travel a lot. So I'm like, you know, I didn't been to these places and seen these shows. Um, me and Masego... We like, I've known him since like fourth grade. So me and Maseko, we go like way back. I always go, like I performed with him at Art Basel um, this year in December. And me and him did like a performance together. Um, last year? Yeah, this last year that just passed. But even that, I've been around him pretty much like majority of his career. And like when he started to get bigger and get more recognition, I would go to those shows. And like I would see how he performed. Like when he was on tour with Gold Link, then I would go to like new york and then i would go to a show in new york and even even mid-level artists i'm seeing how they perform so i'm like all right like you kind of you got to treat yourself like that before you become that so i come back to the seven five and i'm like these shows are you know they're they not hitting bro like they're they really not so and it's like i want to do something that's like the business is right the image is right the sound is right and like really care about the details um and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself and book myself. And you know what I'm saying? I felt like, one, I wasn't getting the opportunities and I was getting, I don't want to say looked over because it's not even a, that. It's just there's so many artists and there's so many. You find out like, oh yeah, that's such and such as homie that grew up with him and that's his cousin. So like a lot of shows get filled up off of just the strength of people knowing each other, not even the strength of like who's better or who's not. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So that was one thing where I'm like, I'm not doing enough shows. Then the second thing was like, I want to do a show and show people like what a real rollout looks like and like how to actually promote your show for 30 days and get like actually have like elements of what a real show feels like when you go yeah. other places. I thought y'all really
1: did have that. That's so, like the best rollout. I appreciate Even down it. to like the um the artwork. All that. Yeah, I yeah.
0: appreciate it. Like we really took our time with it and just was like, you know, we want to give them something. I want to be able to get the keys to give the people to show them, like, bro, if you just do this, it's not that hard. You just do what I did, then your, your show is going to be more successful. It's going to be a better vibe for, like, people to come together. They're going to want to come together. They're going to be excited. Um, and there was, like, some artists that were on that bill, like my man Jiggy and Tyler, that I felt, like, weren't being heard. I think they were doing. You get caught in the chitlin circuit around here, where people start doing the same venues over and over again. Yeah. I'm like, nah, bro. Like, I need to be heard. So,
1: no, Tyler's fire too. Tyler's crazy. I just got, so. I got hip to both of y'all. Um, my bad, cut you off at Boris's shoe that day.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I went yeah, back to yeah. check both of y'all Tyler's like, okay. crazy. Yeah. So I ended up, um, you know, I ended up putting them on the on the on the bill, and like now, they, I think both of them they they're doing a show at Slow Dive. Um, This month or next month I, I think they both got like Two or three shows That they've been booked for Since then And I'm not saying yeah. That that's why they did But I feel like that put A lot of spotlight on them yeah. It gave them content It gave them like momentum yeah. And that's what I was trying to do You know what I'm saying It's like really do that Give a platform for my homies Who I like genuinely care about Who I feel like are super talented And get them a spot to come and Like actually turn up And have a good show And it doesn't feel like Something that was done last minute yeah. It doesn't feel like something that was, like, not properly prepared for.
1: And I feel like a great lesson there, too, is, like, you, like, took it in your own hands. I you had didn't to, not wait bro. for somebody to come and right. it, make that shit happen. Like, I had to,
0: bro, because, like, the thing is, like, my goal is by the end of the year to be doing shows of, like, the Norva, like, National, like, that type of capacity of 1,000, 1,200 people. Yeah. And if I can't entertain people in front of 200 people or 300 people, then how do I expect for... Me to be able, someone to come along and say, "I know you've only did these shows with twenty or fifty people max. You can still come and do, you know, like you. We won't put you on. Like they're not gonna do that. So, and I think the first time I realized that it was different was I opened up for Little Baby, um, in D.C. at Club Bliss, like 2018, I think 18 or 19. It was okay. right after the Thank You Come, Thank You Come Again. You
1: perform shit off of that.
0: Yeah, I okay. performed stuff off of that, and it was a different vibe. It was crazy. It was a whole different vibe because it was a club full of people. It was like 600 people in there. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. So it was kind of yeah. like I really had to perform and really go out, and that was the first time when like I got off stage and people were like dapping me up. Like, yeah, you crazy, bro. Like, you really hard. Like People that didn't know me, yeah. people who I didn't even think were listening because of the way they was looking at me was just like, they're like paying attention, but it was more so like, man, this dude spaced out. Like he drunk. Like he not even listening. And Then I get down there, they dap me up. Man, I really, you know, like the story about your brother, bro. I'm going through that now too. Like it's relatable. Like so, I was like, you know what? There's levels to this, and you gotta, you have to operate on the highest level. So like mixes and cover arts and all of those things are important to me because it's important to the big artists. So you gotta treat yourself like that first. So that was the whole goal behind the show, is just to show that we can have nice shows and we can do things um on a bigger scale for people to come through. And I think also on that note, um I think Naya Nell does a good job with EDL Fest doing that. That's why she was one of my sponsors because yeah. I've seen her take that jump from the mud to like where it is They've now. been kind of
1: going strong now for like four or five years, right? Crazy, like. yeah. Like yeah. For,
0: and she really does it big. Like she really like that's And that was one of the motivations. Like she's throwing a festival. I'm not throwing a festival. I just want to throw a show. So if she she could throw yeah. a festival, I know I could probably throw a show. So it's like, Cause that's a lot of work to throw a festival, so I'm like, yeah,
1: I, I imagine I do like I threw like a couple events, you know what I'm yeah, saying? So I can imagine yeah. it's a
0: lot of work, bro. So I'm just like, and that's another thing I'm glad I got to see was the work aspect of it because yeah. I didn't know that was all of that was in it. I
1: love it, man. I
0: love it. Um, but um, yeah, moving on to the to the who and homies. Yeah, we, we're doing another one in DC. Um, I got I got got the confirmation on Songbird, which is um, uh, 200 cap venue. But okay. it's a very like historic venue in D.C. Like it's very historic. Everyone, all the big, bigger artists that came from that area all started off like mid-tier. Yeah. They all go there. So it'd be kind of like, like how we have the Norva. It's kind of like that, but um, just smaller. But it's that level of notoriety. Yeah. of like you. It's like the Norva of that area. Is there a and date for that? This, huh? Is there a date for that? That's July 9th. July 9th. Yeah, okay. July 9th. You heard it, they heard it here first? They heard it first. Heard it here first. Come on. July 9th. so then uh after songbird i'm a, i'm a, I got some more tricks up the sleeve that I don't wanna talk about until I get it like solidified, but songbird's already already uh-huh. solidified, and that's that's gonna be a good look um we're gonna do the same thing that we did here in the Seven five we're gonna uh-huh. do the rollout out we'll with d, with some d c artists that um I announced later to the date. But we're going to do the rollout with some D.C. artists and it's going to be the same, the same vibe that we did on the 7.5 and trying to build a pipeline of connecting everybody, you know, and, and bringing spotlight to D.C. artists in the 7.5, the people who follow me and for people who follow them, they're put on to me, um, be, you know, in the D.C. area. So I'm just trying to link, you know, link those things. And I, I feel like it's a good time. I've been, like I said, I've been traveling a lot. So I'm just trying to touch every major market. That I've been able to touch over the last two years, building, networking, Things like that.
1: Yeah, hell yeah, bro, I love it. Um, we about an hour in. I feel like that might be a fire spot to leave him at. Fire. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, I got to say, uh, shout out to Slow Dive too. The only club yes. I ever seen that sells talkies. Yeah, for that reason alone, y'all, y'all, y'all got the spot, the number one Slow
0: spot. Slow Dive's a vibe.
1: Um, hell yeah, bro. Um, do you, you want to lead the people or anything else?
0: Nah, man. Uh. New music coming soon, like we like we talked about. I got a project coming. Thank you for coming back. Um, some more merch. I'm cycling my merch every like week or two, so new merch coming. And um, stay tuned, man. A lot of a lot of big news that I haven't talked on. I haven't spoke about publicly because I'm waiting for the time when the time is right. But definitely some things that are that are in the works. So
1: Hell yeah And what was the, what was the venue called That's Songbird On July 9th
0: July 9th Songbird I think the show I think the door is open At 7pm um, But you'll see it yeah. Trust me You gonna see it Cause yeah. we gonna promote The hell out of when, that wait, show When they
1: drop the links You know get it. To yeah. I'm definitely sliding to that um,
0: Yeah Oh tickets are only $15 too so Oh are the tickets available Already for that Nah not yet Okay They will be But the tickets are only Gonna be 15 Um, and there's going to be some limited edition merch that I'm going to actually have at the show. Uh, This time I couldn't have it because of uh, logistic reasons, but I'm going to have it at that show, at that venue, with stuff that you can only get in D.C. for that venue. Won't be able to get it. I might put it online for maybe a day, but that's it. So I'm starting to build that that, uh, that culture around coming to the shows. You never know what you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's, it's, it's a thank you, too, for yeah, the people that showed
1: up. We back outside, man. Exactly. We back outside. Um, We appreciate you guys for tuning in, man. I appreciate you sliding, bro. For sure. Um, all bros links will be in the description. And um, like I always say, fuck with an artist from the 757. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Peace. For sure. Hell yeah, bro.